0: to series two of my podcast, Innovation, where we get to hear stories and experiences of incredible women in science and technology. Not only will you get insights into some fascinating innovations, but you may also even relate to their stories, especially if you're a little unconventional or non-conforming. As with all science and technology, what these women do have a real impact on all of our lives, whether we realize it or not. But here on Innovation, I'm also giving women a platform for them to be heard and for us to be inspired and uplifted by what they've learned along their life journeys. This week, I talked to Halima Bayat, a STEAM educator. we you I'm Halima Bayat. Um, I work in the
1: Southwest London School for Girls. Um, I'm head of computing faculty as well as senior leader for STEAM. Uh, so that's my kind of job role all in all. I also lead on the T levels, digital T levels, which the government have been talking a lot about um, in their new budgets. Um, so in terms of my job role, that's what I do. My biggest role as part of that is to encourage girls, especially from ethnic minority communities um, to be taking on STEAM subjects, so science, technology, engineering, maths and arts. Um, And I feel that I'm their role model to kind of help and guide them through that journey.
0: Why has it been so important to encourage girls into STEAM in your opinion? Um, Generally, there isn't many girls who are going
1: into these subjects it's important because they need to understand that if you are not there, there's no one else there to represent you. So if, there, if we've got a lack of women at the moment currently in this industry, anything which is being developed, there isn't a woman's view in it, really. There isn't the perspective, especially with ethnic minorities as well. How do we know that that medication will suit a certain person? How do we know that a woman would be able to perform something or do something, you know. And I feel it's really important that women need to be part of this because if they want their voices to be heard, they want products to be built for themselves. They want it to be something that they could be understood as they need to be part of this. And I still feel there are general typical views of what a person looks like or who they should be in these careers and these jobs. And I feel that gender sort of idea is what we need to go past and that's why I feel women should be as part of that I also have my own personal reasons to be honest as well um, going through a community myself in the BAME community um, seeing what it was like myself going through the journey going into STEAM into teaching uh, but also other friends that I had other family, community members I knew. um, I just only wish for some people that they were part of STEAM because they would be in such a better place than where they are now. Um, There are still, unfortunately, things that do happen, especially coming from an Asian, African community background myself, to women, uh, stereotypical views of what jobs you should be doing because that's where it's high paid or what you should do. But actually we need to understand as a society, very importantly, that the jobs we're doing now are not going to exist in the future. We can't all just be lawyers or doctors or do nothing, get married and have children. It is important we have understanding, even if we're not in that job, of how the system works because come to the future, we're going to have to program things. We're going to have to do things ourselves and not just depend on going to a shop which may not exist or it may not be a doctor. It may be someone else. We need girls in this field so that they could be valued, They could be part of what is being built and it is made for them and not just for anybody.
0: Yeah, I must say, like, I have been surprised and shocked to see the homogeneity in companies. You know, a lot of teams are very homogenous and, um, that's carried on for a long, long time. And so it's really encouraging to see women like you um, encouraging more girls into STEM subjects. Um, What's your background? Like, how did you get into STEM and why? Um, So I, myself, I went into it, I went,
1: I studied in in a city school um, my parents were not um, especially my mom, she didn't speak English. Um, I went th- through school myself. I struggled quite a bit, I'm not going to disagree with that. Um, one of the reasons I struggled was also because of my dyslexia. I am dyslexic, but my school didn't actually find that, that I had that until I got to university. Um, but I've always been strong spirited and I've always gone against the no. So if somebody said you can't do it, I have made sure I've done it. So as part of my background, I went into computer science. Funnily enough, because there was a teacher who actually did kind of say to me that, oh, um, you can't fix that or you can't do that. So don't tell me what to do. And I don't know what it was, something all of a sudden kind of, crept. well, I can do it. And give me a chance. And I can work with computers. I mean, computers weren't necessarily a full classroom at the time. It was one one computer between a whole class. You know, it still was uprising at the time. But at the same time, with my dyslexia, I kind of formed this um, this relationship with working with machines as I felt that this is where my support was actually coming from. If I needed help on research, if I needed help with my spelling, if I needed, I kind of became attached to it. And I thought, well, why not? I'm going to go into computer science. And if women, lots of women don't want to do it, which they didn't, it was predominantly boys, I'm going to go into it because someone does, because if they don't, no one else in the future is going to move forward. And that's why I felt it was important. And my background kind of went into that, studied computer science. I then decided I'm going to go into teaching because I wanted to share my knowledge with others and get others to follow and study the subject at the same time. Hence, I went into teaching and then led into masters and so on. But this is where my kind of passion for STEAM has come. Also, my passion has come from seeing Asian women, seeing um, specifically those who may get married, but don't necessarily go on to work, but have got degrees or masters or PhDs or something like that. And there are also times where some women have come out of education to get married. I've seen that as well. So they've not had a full education service because they've had to have arranged marriages or something. And they've then gone out and struggled. And it was that struggle I saw and thought, you know, families with larger populations living in homes, steam is where the money is at. That is what you need to study. Because if you have problems with your spouses or your family or your friends, who is going to support you? There are charities out there. It's not as easy to access. Some charities are quite easy. I mean, it's more free now. You can hear about more charities now, but you didn't in those days. And I guess my passion came because I wanted to help women in my culture, in my generation, my ethnicity, and those girls to open and understand yes you may live in houses with lots of people but look at what there is out there look at what you can do where how are you going to self-support yourself and steam fits into that not only you're looking at five six subjects but this is your life you know and that's what i saw when i saw in steam if i want i had to go out to learn about things like physical bodies. so I became a fitness instructor. I wanted to learn about food. So I went in and I studied about food and became cake decorator and lots of things. I studied things myself because I didn't have it given to me. And I didn't necessarily have a role model there to see someone to work to. So I thought I'm going to do it all. And I'm going to try and do all these things. And when you look at it, steam fitted into everything. So Specifically, as I say, with women, especially those women who are, who are being abused or don't have their way, where are they going to go? It, these subjects are going to help them because it will grant them and guarantee a job at the end
0: of it. And that's what was so important to me. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely um, clear that uh, engineering and other STEAM subjects, science, technology, engineering, maths, they all could really benefit from having more women, um, in their industries. Um, and, you know, you have that strong will to teach yourself, to say, um, to prove the naysayers wrong. Um, but it's been really difficult for women to break through and, um, I think one of the things that I'm starting to see is that um, women have found it typically difficult to break through, but also underrepresented people and minority groups have found it difficult to break through because they're not understood. Um, Have you had any experiences of just not being given a chance to be understood, like to be heard, to be seen? Um, Most definitely. I mean, my
1: own career, which is the teaching profession, not my current school, can I just say, they've been brilliant um, and they provided me opportunities, but in the past I have. Uh, number one, because as you can see, I wear a scarf. I'm a Muslim. I've had that as well. Um, so I've had racism. Um, I've been told to look around and told why should I be in a leadership team because the parents and the school don't want to see a brown person. Um, so I've I've had racially, I've been told that. I've been told to go and look for jobs in East London. Um, I predominantly have worked in white schools where where there is majority white population, and I've deliberately done that to fight back at the nose. As a woman being told, well, why are you going to get this opportunity? You're only going to have a baby and, and then disappear. Then you haven't got time um, to do all that. So, yes, in my own, I mean, in my own profession, and I'm talking about a teaching profession, I haven't even got into the private sector, which is the engineering. You know, what, what happens outside there um, is actually happening. So I still feel that we've, we're, we are we, we're, get, we're moving forward, but we are still a long way. From actually accepting what a role is uh, for a woman in industry, and it's funny to think this because coming in the war, World War Two, mainly it was women who were not far from um, London in Surrey, in Bletchley Park. They were the ones who were working. The men were out in the army. They were not sitting in the kitchens. They were not cooking. So it's a it's a, it's it's kind of a question: of what's happened between that time and now? And I also look at. Um, what we're looking at steam today and i look at the technology industry specifically um and when i'm out there i'm talking to girls or students about facebook and social media and all the rest of it but i then look back and i think well actually reading some of the autobiographies and watching the movies about some of these famous technology men should i say actually they didn't serve very well to the women um and it, they're not really good models. I mean, off the back of it, we're make we are there. We've got Yahoo, we've got Google, we've got. But actually, if we look at, back at the history, how it started. I mean, Facebook obviously started there. It was to rape women. You know, it started because they weren't. You know. Zach was not happy with his girlfriend. It started. They wanted to rape the girls and that was where social media in that instance was created. But look at it now. We don't look at it in that way. So it's interesting to see how industry has started. And I think that has something to play with with the part of why women are a bit more fearful as to what to do, but also the idea, you know, people telling them, you can't do that. You know, it's not a woman's job. You can't, you're not able to do that. And we need to stop saying we can't because unless somebody tries, you don't know if they can or can't, in my opinion. And I think that's where we still have that stigma. And I think we are starting to accept there are more women now who have started to go into the steam industry coming from ethnic minorities, but we do have that job. We have that job as for parents as well, coming from my perspective. If they see people like me, they then look at their own daughters and say, actually, do you know what? You can do this subject, you can do that. But if they don't see yourself or me or others in this job, they just typically go back to how things are because the amount of people, how many first generations do we still have living in this country? I think there's a whole load of stats there to be studied, which gives us clues as to what is happening in the communities and specifically for women. Why is it? And I think this is why for me as well, well it's important in the job I do. You have to start early. If we don't start educating our girls early, they're not gonna be that strong independent women come towards the end and challenge people because they can't challenge them as they don't know what they've not seen. And they're fearful of going into that, knowing what's going to happen. And that's where we need to look in. Look at actually what is going on here.
0: Yeah, it's interesting what you said about social media because I am not one hundred percent certain why uh, Facebook was started. But regardless, um, social media does seem to be a platform that's very superficial. You know, everything is about um, the way people look. Um, there's a lot of content which really objectifies women. And, you know, when you look at sort of the Kardashians, for example, they've got like like hundreds of millions of followers. And, you know, it is very much about um, the superficial And, um, and if there were more women driving those technologies, perhaps, they wouldn't be platforms to objectify women. And that's, you know, just one of the many reasons why more women should be in technology. Um, Do you have any sort of, with your experiences, can you suggest any kind of ways that are effective in increasing diversity and inclusion and equality um, amongst minorities in communities?
1: I think, first of all, as employers, it's very important. If you do have people of, uh, coming from these communities, such as myself, there is encouragement and not the opposite way, because obviously I've had encouragement and I've clearly got to where I have. Um, I think that's the first step. I think it's important that people see them. Because when you see them, it's there. Now, for me, my classroom itself, in schools, they usually have seating plans and so on. I don't do it like that. I have 31 women as mouse mats that are my seats. And that woman has that seat within STEAM. And I've tried to make sure that to encourage the girls, I've had 40 girls, so well, more than that now, I've now got 50, 56 girls moving on from that who have done computer science and it's not heard of across the country. Um, But for me, it was important that when you come in from the outside, there are images, there are pictures, there are quotes encouraging them to come in And the women I picked were either girls, they were dead or alive or come from different genders, different communities, religious, non-religious, colored, non-colored. And it was for them to see that everybody counts and not just one particular person there. Now, I know that your question was more to the minorities. It is when the minorities see you that this is encouraged. So the other part is that if you are in a role and you are doing um, a, a job which is, you know, is successful, go out and share it with others. And for me, I'm also part of a computing community across the UK, in fact, I have support some schools abroad as well. And it's through that doing talks, lectures, um, as here, which is going to be posted, people listening to you, finding out that you do exist is important because then you could be used to talk to others about it and get them to help to understand. I think it's also important that employers need to get someone in my school here in fact we got um, um, somebody to come in to teach us about racism what racism is what words are used how it works with students and staff and we had about four days consecutive days sort of like of training just on this part on sexism on racism and lots of other topics and it's important to keep up to date what does it mean if we say black lives matter what does it mean is it a political party which some people are not aware of they just believe i'm following something to support people and i think it's having those facts and knowing about the facts that's what's important and although social media started off it's it's not started off in any way to kind of encourage those women, but it's funny how it's now turning the wheel and you'll find lots of women out there who are actually, in fact, they're using social media as a job in itself, you know, and as I said, the jobs we're doing now are not going to exist in the future, but it's about sharing your word. being involved in talks, going out, giving lectures to people, sharing resources. So I've got lots of lessons, for instance, teaching other schools during lockdown who were not able to give resources to parents or children how to teach them due to COVID. You can find my recordings and parents can learn themselves. And students can learn from it. I think it's that important goal is seeing somebody is the first step. Seeing someone of a different color, ethnicity, race is the first step. And when that's there in place, it's about making sure that they are seen by others and i think that's what's important and that's when we can start encouraging people through the door and having them and for yourselves as well such as myself i can speak many languages having that communication with those people outside my gates whether whether i know them or not does not matter if you see someone there say how are you so what are you doing you know how have you thought about doing this And actually sharing with them where they can go for support, where they can go for help, what they can do. I think that's the most important bit, because I do find that in these communities, the the women are strong. They really want to go out, but they don't know who to go to or what to do. So I think having the presence is the most important part.
0: What's your background? like? um, Can you give me a very quick synopsis of like, where you've lived and like your sort of educational experiences?
1: Um, so as I've, um, I come from the Midlands itself. So although I'm in London today. Um, so originally, I'm from the Midlands. Um, I went to like an inner city school. And uh, to be honest, when I used to leave school, there used to be quite a lot of drug stealings going on. Uh, Girls were used as, uh, there were a number of girls who were kind of used as a sex symbol for various years, sexually harassed, et cetera. So that was going on at that time. Um, And I kind of stayed away from that, shall I say. So I've probably been the most successful one, one of the most successful ones coming out from school there. Um, And it was that community I lived in. I would walk past, you would see prostitutes on the day, uh, working around Um, and that kind of was it was the life of you will get married you will kind of have children and that needs to be your focus I think that was the main part that's kind of iterated with many people although there was encouragement there yeah you can work you can do that but it was never forgotten that no you are going to get married you're going to have children you're going to have to kind of live with it and regardless of what your husband's life you stick with him and that's how it is Um, and the woman does everything she serves and that's kind of how it is so I come from that background and when I did marry, I did marry for love I didn't marry anyone from my community I've married for love Um, it's been absolutely brilliant my husband has never stopped me from anything in fact he's encouraged me and there have been times where he's dropped down in terms of his career to allow me to pursue my career um, to do that and I think it's important to have a spouse that is able to understand you and to have that balance, I feel fortunate to have that. And in terms of background, that's where I come. My mother herself is from Africa. Uh, so she was from Mozambique, Africa herself. She couldn't speak English. She was, I did see her through her life going through, um, very, very dependent on my father, because he spoke English and he was from here. Um, and he had family from his previous wife as well. And it was, it was through my mother's experience that I saw things and felt, also things need to be a bit different here and if there's somebody else in her situation what do i do well if my mother had that steam education she may not be as dependent on a spouse she would need to she would be able to do things on her own she would be able to find sources and resources and not forgetting when we go into employment in these industries we make friends with those around us and we get we meet more and more people as i've met yourself Um, and we connect and we link through that way. Um, So my background kind of comes from there, studying computer science as a degree, going on to do teaching at Warwick. I then went on to doing a master's leading change in education um, at Queen Mary's. Um, And from that I've kind of, I've rose, but it's not been easy for me because as I said, I've had racism and sexism and disability discrimination all against me since my time working in teaching um, and it's taken me longer, I've been 15 years in teaching. So it's taken that long to actually get to a position where I am now that, you know, in the, in the last sort of few years, which it shouldn't, and you do notice it, you do notice it as a, as a, as a minority um, with people around you, because you end, you end up helping, supporting, training others, but that opportunity never comes. So at least at one particular point in my career, at least I was told something which was truth, which I'd rather bear than be told, oh, no, no, you're not ready for that job yet. Oh, no, 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 you're not there yet. You need to still do this. You still need to do that. At least at one point I was told, even though it was racism, that look, we can't accept a brown person because you can't be the face for our company or our organization as they can't see you, as that's not what they accept. So, yeah, I come from that kind of a background, and as I said, from my family itself, I would. I wanted to teach myself more. I wanted to know about living because my mom did actually. She did used to do all the cooking, or you know everything kind of for me because she was very for women and getting me educated and getting me out there noticed and seen. My dad was more traditional. You know, you stay in the house. You do this. When are you going to do this? She's never going to learn to cook. She's never going to be able to do this. And you shouldn't do this. And unfortunately, we had barriers around him who were also encouraging that because that's how the culture and society was. And. Um, And that's where I kind of would do things and I would be working sometimes I had four jobs going at the same time, until you make sure that I'm living off my own wages and not off my parents wages, Um, working, as I said, trained myself so Behind the scenes, as well as being a teacher, I would go to evening classes. And for so many years, I trained myself as an instructor, trained myself to be a cake decorator, trained myself to work in caterings, trained myself in so many different aspects of my career, because I wanted to make sure that I always had a job and was depend- independent and not dependent on other people. And it was very important for me to see that in my spouse as well, before I did get married to my husband to make sure that that continues. And that's what I want to embed and see outside with those that I teach. And that's why I went into teaching because I could have worked in industry, but I chose not to and not to have that higher pay to work where I am because it is the girls. The girls have to see these people. They need to hear this. And I do talk to them about this because they need to know that we are all living and life goes on. What do you do when you walk out the gates? Where are you gonna go? Where are you going to study? What if you do get approached by a guy? What are you going to do about that? You know, things like that. It's having those skills and being confident enough to speak out. Because if we don't, we're going to be left with what we have been previously left with. And that's what's important to me. And that's why I'm spreading the word, word, not just across work. But as I said, I do work across the UK and I do work, you know, there are schools abroad that may need support. So on. I support them. I specifically specialise in my subject, which is computer science, as well as STEAM and help other schools to know how they can do STEAM in their own schools and getting organisations to work with us. So getting partnering companies to work with us and come in and give talks and do workshops and giving them opportunities to do work experience. I also go out and look for places that students can work as well to make sure that they have something to move on to. What's it like being you? For being me it's about not really being, I feel like I can't really be off guard if I'm being honest that's the first thing, I can't be off guard. I need to be alert and I need to always be in there because I still feel if something does occur outside of my workplace, within workplace, I've got to be able to back up myself 100%. I need to also make sure staying alert also means that the students I'm teaching, they have always got the facts and the latest information, and that is not easy to do. That involves a lot of myself working on social media with companies, talking to people outside. So it's a lot of my time. So to be me also means I have to give. I have to be out there a lot finding people sourcing people finding out who they are knowing about their stories and getting them to share those stories for me it's also about making sure my own children because I do have children growing up and seeing somebody who is a strong person so that they can also be strong so for me as I said I think to be me it's about making sure I'm not off guard and I am I am there I am resilient which I am in general but to make sure That I'm there for people to see it in that way, and that can be quite difficult sometimes because there are highs and lows that you do have in life, you know. But it's about making sure you are your highs are shown more than the lows.
0: Yeah, because when um, I hear about you know you went to school in the Midlands and there were girls that were nothing like you, um, and then you were a minority in computer science. What would you want people to know about your experiences being you so that you can widen people's perspectives about the people you represent?
1: I would say that you need to go out and you need to find things. So the way I've lived, And the way I've come to where I have is because I've done it all myself. I've done it all myself, but I have had support by finding people. And I think that's what's important. Don't ever let others say something to you which you're not sure about and accept it. You need to be able to be proactive and find out, is that the truth? And you have to actually think about things analytically. uh, analytically, And I think that's where you can be successful. Don't just trust a person. You need to be able to find things around them And know what is going on, what is the fact, where I can go, and that's how you can find it. So, for example, as I said, there are now much more many charities that are out there to support you. There are many people out there, for instance, as ourselves from LinkedIn, as I found from the award ceremony I had attended. um, And I was the teacher within, I was in the professions category there's and I've made my links through that and it's about making links and finding you need to go out there so if you're going to be in the house all day you're going to be cooking you're going to be looking after your siblings or you're going to be doing something else it doesn't work you've got to be out there even if you do look after your siblings you go to school and you go and get them out talk to those other parents talk to those people around because you never know what they're doing or where they're going or what their profession is be independent, take the bus, take the train, take something and travel somewhere that you don't know about, open the doors and discover what is there is what I'm going to say. And that's how I've done it. When I came to London, that was the first thing I did. I didn't know what was in certain places or certain tube stations. I went there. I just thought, okay, I'm going to spend five minutes just going out there and I'm going to have a look. My job in itself um, I work but I don't get the opportunity to always go out normally what I do is after work um, I have in the past I would go for a walk around the whole area just to see what the dynamics are like what do the houses look like how do people walk so it's about manage analyzing behavior that helps you to understand how to behave back but find those and sourcing them and being independent. I think independence is the big one. Don't just depend and rely on them, not even your nearest and dearest. You need to be able to be proactive and go out there and find out what's going on and challenge people around you because by challenging is where we're gonna find out what the truth is and what what is out there for us.
0: You know, when I listen to you speak, I hear someone who's really strong and really um, courageous. But as someone who is in a minority, um, how do you, well, maybe you don't, but do you feel held back? And if so, how?
1: Um,
0: I feel how about when I, one of the ways I
1: do feel how about, I feel like possibly people still probably do see me as um, my identity and where I, you know, where I come from that, oh, she may not know as much. And I'll tell you why, it's more outside of work, actually. I didn't start wearing the um, the hijab until after I went on a pilgrimage to Hajj. Now, there's no compulsory thing to say you have to wear a hijab after Hajj. I decided to make a change and do that myself. Um, and I started noticing changes in behaviours. So although there was a change of behaviour, I've grown up being a brown person in my life, and I've experienced it. And then talking to People who are not brown, I've realized, okay, there's slightly something different here. I'm being treated a bit different or being spoken to a bit different. But when I started to wear the hijab, I noticed a lot more respect within the community um, there and wanting to follow and listen to me. But outside of the community, if I was sitting on the tube, I think a woman tried to attack me once. She was literally because of the fact that I was Muslim. It was also quite horrible coming from work, especially when the bombing had happened in France um, with the whole cartoon thing that had occurred and sitting on the tube, I vividly remember people sitting around with the newspapers printed all over, giving me the strange look, or trying to look at my bag, have I got a bomb in there, or trying to and I think it's more of the people's views, they really don't feel that I'm educated, they really don't feel I'm higher up uh, compared to where I am. So unless I share and say, actually, I'm a senior leader, they don't really think as much of me, and I see this when, when I go into exhibitions as well. So I know there's a big exhibition for education coming up soon, the Bet Show, which I regularly visit. And I remember one particular year going in and actually thinking, oh, okay, let me go and have a look at this. It's the Saudi Arabia school. I'm interested to know what the abroad schools do. And went there, but never thought anything about it. And I was completely, totally ignored because I was a woman. Um, and, being, and because I looked Asian, they didn't even bother, wanted to give me time, not knowing what my role was and what I could have done or where I could have been so I still do do see this or I've been to job interviews and I don't think they're expecting the person behind to look like me and I think it's more the way I look that I feel sometimes that kind of does it not to say that I'm gonna I'm gonna change in any way but it is sad because I do feel sometimes the more clothing I have on people almost feel like the more kind of closed I want to be and I'm not a very close person, as you can tell, um, as talking to yourself, I'm quite an open person and happy to discuss uh, information. So that's how I
0: kind of feel. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really tricky because there are so many initiatives trying to encourage diversity and inclusion, particularly um, from corporates who really want to tick that box. Um, But it's not enough to just hire Um, from a more diverse and inclusive pool. Like, I feel like something needs to happen beyond that, where people are encouraged and supported. So with that in mind, like, what have you experienced? I know you've kind of touched on it, but like, what has really been the most impactful experiences that really have encouraged your ability to thrive as an underrepresented person?
1: Um, It is the talking, finding other people and talking to them. So being part of a community, specifically, as I am more now, with women who come from my community and talking and finding out about their successes and what they've had to do and how to do it, that has encouraged me in order to be better at what I'm doing or better at what I'm doing but also finding out you know opportunities there is a careers opportunity that you can move on to over here or would you like to come and help me and do something here to help someone else and I think it's very important to have that strong link because communities are stronger when they are together you will notice still I mean I if you still go into East London as an example there is majority still their Bangladeshi community and they do help each other if somebody needs housing if somebody needs looking for a spouse somebody has a problem with some, they kind of help each other but what we don't have as you have pointed out here is the women in that minority community who want to work who want to go out who want to be independent and that's the community we need to create and encourage um and That is the community that's been supporting me. So I've had those who are not in my community But well. Have you thought about this, Alima? Have you spoken to so-and-so? Have you done this or made you realize that, hold on a second, you know, you were having this conversation with so-and-so. Did you know that actually they weren't very nice to you or they were very nice and they're actually saying this to you? It's about someone spelling out to you sometimes. You need someone to spell out to you, this is what you need to do. And that's what I think you need. We need somebody out there. We need people out there to spell out and actually say, do you know what are you sitting there doing? Have you thought about actually doing this? Have you done it? Let me go and get that contact for you and give it to you. Just speak to them, just speak to them and see what you think. And that's what we need. That's the community we need so that we can kind of hop on to each other as communities do. Because that is what the spirit, and it's not just about physical communities anymore. It is about those communities and social media, talking to those around the world and find out how a woman like you in India might be like, or in in Brazil might be like, or in America might be like, and what are they doing? Because you never know, The, the world is so small, You may not be here tomorrow. You might be somewhere else tomorrow. But that's because somebody has felt it to you and has provided that vision to you. And it's about having the vision. And for me, it's about, as I've gone through my career, it's finding those visions. It doesn't just happen. You have to find these people and you have to find them. And that's the part that's the trickiest,
0: I think, finding the people. How do you know who to go to and what to do? Well, I feel like listening to you, you're actually being what it is that you're searching for, um, which is why you're such a perfect guest on innovation, because I feel like sometimes we have to trailblaze and be pioneers. And, um, you know, with that said, what has been the best piece of advice you've ever been given, or a piece of advice that you give to others? I think from
1: my perspective, I've probably given from that advice, first of all, which is that you need to go out and search. You can't just depend on what people say to you. You need to know exactly who, what, where and why. You need to make friends, you need to find those people. Even if it's a brief five seconds or five minutes, you don't know what that person's going to give you and never judge them. Because that could be where your spelling out comes from, and it leads you to other things. So search and market yourself out there. The piece of advice I've given, been given, is it is literally the never to give up. You have got confidence, Halima. You can go further you can do things and be independent and it's that advice of somebody actually reassuring and telling you you can do things and we forget that sometimes we forget ourselves to be honest because we're so drawn around other people it's important with all this well-being and mental awareness going on your self-care is the most important if you're not going to be there others are not going to be others are not going to be able to get your support so for my family if I'm ill my husband and my children are going to suffer you know but if I'm strong and somebody else gets ill, I'm there to be stronger for them. But at the same time, as I said, looking after yourself, making sure you're, you're their support. If you feel stressed, how do you deal with it? I go to the gym or something, you know? So it's important. And sometimes I think people do forget that when they do look at me as well, they think, okay, she does a lot for people out there. And I do, I do do a lot. And I know that, but at the end of the day, it's also important for me to make sure I am well looked after because if I am not here there's no one else who's like me and that's the same with anyone else who's watching this now or um, anyone there listening to this is that if you're not here you've got to think about yourself or make a list sit down and make a list if I'm not here what is not going to happen and the fact that I am here what is happening and that's really important because that is what mentally keeps you going because if I'm here, This is what is happening, and this will continue to happen. But if I'm not here, surely these things can't happen because there's no one else out there who's going to be able to do that. And that's what's important, I think, to keep yourself going and engage. And as I said, with innovation and so on, if you don't have people out there who's going to invent that for you, there's no one else that's going to invent it. So be the inventor yourself. And we are living in such a decade where you can create your own future. You can create your own things coming from computing myself, coding. I remember listening to a talk on Channel f- on BBC Radio 4 once where they were talking about in India and an, a government, there were lots of people sitting there coding. The government had employed them. They had no idea what was going on, on there, but they had the freedom and they were not dictated to and told what to do because they didn't understand the technology. So it's important for our women to go out there because you've got an advantage right now. And in fact, not just an advantage, there seems to be a labeling system. I also find right now, oh, we have to have a woman. We have to make sure there's a Chinese. We have to make sure there's a black. We've got to make sure there's an Asian. We've got just to show that we have diversity. And you know what, when we have photographs, they're gonna be in our photographs. But what I'm going to encourage and say to people is, look beyond that, which is what I've done. I was in photographs all the time, but look beyond that. Take it to your advantage. Anything that happens, even if it's bad, take it to your advantage there's not gonna they're not gonna get somebody like you they need you just as much as you need them so take it as an, as an advantage and move yourself further
0: as quick as you can Well it has been so amazing to talk to you. Um, I it's it's crazy because I do come from an industry of media where um, it so is like a two-dimensional, judgment you know the surface what people look like and what's been incredible about talking to you today is just the amount of passion and depth you have which people would not see if their minds are not open to get past the way you look and in talking to you today it really just confirms why um, it's so important to have these conversations, and you have really reinforced the purpose of innovation. I have to say, because um, it's just been so enlightening talking to you. I feel like a light bulb has been switched on, and it's been such a privilege to learn about your past and um, your your kind of your ethos and and your ambition. Um, so thank you so much for for opening up and, and being so honest with me today. Absolutely. I'm absolutely
1: there um, helpful. and helpful. And I do hope, you know, I'm sure there's going to be things that viewers are going to be able to pick up uh, from the conversation today. But the main thing is, is to be strong. And as I said, negative is not usually a negative. There is a positive in there. We may feel it's negative, but actually there's something better to come. And that's what we need to be ready for. And we need to make sure we take advantage of it.
0: Thanks for listening and please do subscribe to this podcast. Maybe even rate and review it if you can. The more ratings and reviews and the more interest from those trusty algorithms, which could help to increase the reach of this show. And you can watch the video recording of this conversation on YouTube on my new series, Esteemed. It's all about self-discovery, self-evolution, and inclusivity on innovation. So let's just all strive to be the best versions of ourselves and celebrate others being themselves too. As always, be kind and loving, and I wish you all a great week.